Well, folks, once again, you're listening to the Biscuits and Gravy Show. I'm Jason Kurtman. Up in the northeastern portion of where I'm at, anyway, is my good friend Jim. They call him the Streak Nelson. <laughs> How are you doing, Jim? Whoa. See, yeah. I was going to go all butthole of the planets, and you, like, went... Ray Stevens on me. Yeah, I did. Go Ray Stevens on you. <laughs> so, hey, you can't go wrong with Ray Stevens, really, you know. No. So, uh, so well, how's your uh, how's your week been? Crazy busy. Crazy busy, yeah. Looking Crazy at new busy. vehicles and just enjoying life and working your tail off, too, I think. Yeah, lots of that. Lots of that. So, uh, we've been busy, too. Uh, Sarah and I went out uh, tonight, had a little Mexican food. Can't go wrong with Mexican food. And uh, went in and uh, just uh, enjoyed a little time in town. I've been wanting to get out of the house for quite some while. Uh, so today was a good day for that. Of course, uh, it's Saturday for the listeners. We usually record on Sunday, but we're recording on Saturday because, uh, hey, why not? We can spend a little extra time together. So... Um, Having a good time. I better get into the business, Jim. Are you ready to get into the business? Special thanks to our executive consultant, Rodney Barden, who who uh, also, uh, of course, this relates to Jim's little tune there, his musical tune. Our sponsor, our corporate sponsor, is the McDonald's Corporation. Enjoy it. It's good food. It really is. And they're all the time changing their menu and uh, different parts of the country. They change the menu. You can find stuff that's regional, like here. You can get Hatch Green Chili on just about anything you want if you ask for it. I know in the northeast, further northeast than you are, you can actually, there's been times when I've been up that way, you could get, uh, you could get lobster sandwiches. I'm sorry, lobs, Mick lobster sandwiches, as I recall. Check out our website at ourfantasticwebsite.com and vintagebiscuits.com. They both go to the same place. And our Facebook page, which is so much fun. The Biscuits and Gravy Bunch page, always good for a, a good, clean laugh. Uh, just a lot of good stuff there. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. We are heard on the Leading Edge Radio Network, Q-Star FM, KKTY Tiger Country Radio, WBM Radio, Good Talk Radio, Delmarva Talk Radio, and, of course, our own ApexRadioNet.com. And, uh, of course... Uh, we just have a good time all around here on the Biscuits and Gravy Show, and uh, just just uh, having a good time. That's all I got to say about that, I guess, Jim. So you've been uh, you've been doing any uh, extracurricular uh, activities with your kids, or you, you just not had time for that recently? There hasn't been a lot of time. <clears throat> and and but, by that, um, by recently, I mean within the last week or two. You know, because life does happen. Right. Um. Not a whole lot. I mean. Uh, Aiden and I decided to kick back and do some uh, watch some Clone Wars. Clone Wars, what is that? That is uh, that's the animated series uh, that's come out of Star Wars. Really? In the first, yep. In the first episode, well, actually, it's the fourth episode to the Star Wars universe. But it was the first one that came out back in seventy six, seventy seven. Yeah. You hear. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, played by Alec Guinness, talked to Luke Skywalker about having fought with his father during the Clone Wars. And so they ended up deciding that they had to give you more. And so the Disney got a hold of it, and now there's the Clone Wars, but it's all an animated thing. And uh, rather than having 
uh, of course, Alec Guinness has gone on to the great beyond. They have right. uh, the voice talents of Ian McGregor playing a much younger Obi-Wan Kenobi. Interesting. I, uh, I remember watching the first three that came out. I'll put it that way because I know they're not in sequential order. And, um, after when they, when the fourth one came out, I watched it and I immediately lost all interest in it. It just seemed to take total, uh, total different direction, um, with the actors and the character and the storyline. And I just, it, I just, it was, it was not for me, you know? So, so what did you see? The one with, uh, come on, taken. I can't think of his name. It's been so, Ian Neeson. I think yeah. that was the one. I think that's the one I saw. I really don't remember. It's been so long since I saw it uh, that I really don't even remember who's in it. And Jar Jar, his... Jar Jar Binks turned you off, didn't he? So, uh, the whole thing did, really. Misa, your humble servant. Yeah. Um. Never. You know. Even in the original, the one, I don't remember which one it was, but the the whole bar scene, you know, which became a classic <laughs> scene. I was like, this is just too weird for me. I used to be a cop and go into bars and, uh, you know, j- to break up fights and uh, keep the peace. Uh, Han Solo shot first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've been in bars that have had people in it that were weirder than the characters in that. But uh, either way, it just wasn't for me. It just did not, you know, it's like you told me one time, I'm not for everybody. I guess Star Wars isn't for everybody either. <laughs> So, hey, they um, managed to hit their niche, though. Yeah, they did. They did. And and that's, a, of course, it, you know, it might not have been for me. Had I been Steven Spielberg, it would have been for me because the man made billions off of it, probably. Um, and good for him. Anybody works that hard is that creative and can get the funding for that sort of thing. Hey, that's capitalism at its finest. And I'm all for that. I I love to watch other people m- make money. I would love even more so to watch myself make some money. <laughs> yeah, my my wife said to me one time, I've always got all these business ideas and she says, "You know, you're going you're you're putting too many irons in the fire." And I said, "Trust me. When I find the right iron, <laughs> I'm going to take all the others out. You know, uh, I'll be done with it. That'll be my money maker. That'll be the one I concentrate on." So, uh hopefully that will work for me someday. Uh that's that's my goal. But in the meantime, I'm having fun. Even if I'm not making money with the things I love, I'm still enjoying it, still having fun. And, uh, hey, that's what life's all about, right? Learning from your mistakes and still having fun. And I love it. I really do. So uh, Sarah and I have a little trip planned here in a few weeks. We're not sure exactly when. I'm waiting to find out when I get some time off approved from work. But we are going to take, and I'm not sure if we're going to start at the east or start at the west, uh, but we're going to go up to Old Route 66 in New Mexico. And if we start in the west, we'll head east. And if we start in the east, we'll head west. And uh, we're going to take a giant weekend and make a f- photography expedition out of it. And uh, we, we originally thought we'd just go to one town, spend the night in a hotel, and visit some attractions or museums and stuff. We looked around and couldn't really find anything that, you know, just kind of appealed to us for staying for, you know, more than a couple of days. And we're like, well, we, we need to do something different. You know, go, go somewhere different or do something different. And so we got to look and we were watching uh, a show on Amazon Prime about old Route 66. And I was like, hey, I got an idea. Let's travel Route 66 in New Mexico and see what happens. And we'll just make a photography expedition out of it. 
And so that worked for us. And, uh, that, that's what we did or what we're going to do. We, we did plan it. We're going to do it. So have you got any future plans for any uh, relaxing activities or anything or any ideas that come to mind that you might endeavor in, in the, either the near future or not so near future? Oh, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I just, I like camping. Yeah, me too. Camping is, camping is cool. What kind of wildlife have you seen when you went camping? Oh, deer. Deer? Uh, deer's pretty, had slipped up on some deer. Um, snakes, all kinds of stuff. Usually I end up doing like the, uh, primitive wilderness survival skills stuff with my kids yeah identifying like wild edibles and wild medicinal plants and whatnot and um sure know, making making a game of it hey who can identify the most and the uh, one rule is is you can't duplicate what somebody else has had right and try not to get sick from the wild berries in the process i would imagine my grandmother gibson had some berries in her yard that grew on a green bush and they were red and they looked so delicious but she always told us, don't eat those. Those are poisonous. They might kill you. So we, we never took a, a bushel of those camping with us, of course. Little so. little red berries about the size of an, an eraser? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's about right. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> he probably were dealing with some belladonna, deadly nightshade. <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. Now I got that, that app on my phone, that plant snap app. I wish I'd see yeah. those again. I would uh, take a picture of that and learn a little bit more about it. But uh, that stuff is absolutely legendary. Shakespeare actually even talks about that. Really? About, yes. There's I forget what play it was, but he talked about a decoction of deadly nightshade being poured into someone's ear while they slept. And what would that do? Kill him stone dead. Wow. This is well, like our idea- own audio version of the Antichrist or the Antichrist, the Anarchist Cookbook. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh, well, wow. the 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 idea the idea was, and this is where you end up finding out that Shakespeare knew a little bit about uh, medicine, is that the ear has a connection to the throat by way of what's called the eustachian tube. Yes. And that's why when you go up in an airplane and you're, your you want pop. some relief from your ears, you want you'll swallow. Right. And that will adjust the the internal. Uh, Pressure. I, I got some ears. news for you. You don't have to go up in an airplane around here to experience that. You can right. you can drive 17 miles. I, I'm not going to say down the road. I'm going to say up the road uh, because you go from about you can you can easily go from about 4,000 feet to about 6,000 feet right here. You know, somewhere around there, give or take a few. Uh, but the mountains are fun, and uh, I'd asked you if you saw any wildlife while you were camping. Uh, about four or five years back, Seth and I went camping in Redoso. We took this long, it was a gravel road, and I hate to even call it a road. Uh, it, to call it a road would be an insult to all other roads. It was bad. Uh, really sharp rocks, and I had a big pickup truck, Dodge 1500 Ram. Unbeknownst to me, it did not, well, maybe I did know. Either way, I didn't have one. I didn't have a spare tire. Uh, which I learned to regret later on that same trip. We went camping up there for a couple of days, camped by a real nice stream up in the mountains and everything, went fishing at a lake uh, not too terribly far away one day. When we get done, we're getting ready to wrap it all up. It was, I think, a late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, getting ready to come back into town. And uh, we're driving out of this gravel road, and this big black bear 
runs right in front of my truck. It was the coolest thing, Jim. I was I was reaching for my camera as quick as I could, but before I could get a picture, it was already up the up the other side of the hill on the other side of the road. We kept going, and apparently we got out onto the main road, which is still about eight miles from the nearest uh, civilized uh, business established a gas station. And in the meantime, there's nothing but a few houses down this road scattered. And uh, we got out, after we left the gravel, we got out on the pavement, and uh, my tire was shredded to pieces. I uh, got out, went to the back of the truck, and lo and, below, lo and behold, I did not have a spare tire. Pulled out the jack that I had bought with the truck, well, it came with the truck used, and it was the wrong jack. It wouldn't lift the truck up even high enough. Oh, no. No cell signal. I'm about eight miles from a gas station. So uh, Seth and I started going up and down the road trying to find a house with somebody there. We finally did, and they had a telephone. They were able to call a wrecker for us, and a wrecker came three hours later. Yeah, fun times. <laughs> so we were. Sounds like it. Yeah, we were sipping on our water. I was debating on whether or not to to walk, start walking my eight miles back to the gas station um, because I didn't want the truck the tow truck to pass me up if he did see me coming the other way quite an adventure we finally uh got he finally got us out and took us down we got there just in time to a big old tire store down in town and uh to have that tire replaced in the tow truck and everything cost me about 450 dollars that day so that was a, a that was a fun camping trip that was my adventures in in camping but that's okay so um I always say spend some time with your kids, and, and I mean that, you know. It, even the bad times when they're with your kids, you, sometimes those are times to make memories and install values into your kids. And they learn from, you know, life's not a bowl of cherries all the time. And, hey, you know, you got to watch your attitude, too, you know, when you get in that bad situation where your tire's blown out and you're eight miles from the gas station and no cell signal. Um yeah, you're you're mad and you're kicking yourself, but you gotta you gotta remember your kids are watching you. You know how's dad gonna handle this? And I think if you handle situations like that with courage, I, I think the kids see that and they pick up on that. And later in life, uh, when they get to a similar situation, they go, "Remember, well, my dad didn't blow up. He just took it, realized the situation, assessed it, and did his best." So. Anyway, what are your thoughts, Jim? What are you thinking? You're being awfully quiet over there tonight. <laughs> it's not like I you, don't know. I'm afraid, my friend. I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You're weird? I'm weird, but but this is not news. Um, I'm the guy that'll freak out at an unexpected bill. Oh, yeah. That'll do but, it, but a bear in the woods and a flat tire doesn't do it to me, but a bill will. Oh, the zombie apocalypse. It's like... No, I was born for this. This is <laughs> right. I owe you. But, I'm like, no, I'm good. I, but I know. owe you what? How much? And what for? And can I make payments, please? <laughs> yeah, I understand that totally. Have patience with me, and I will pay the all. <laughs> I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that is so true. And I think part of the reason is is because in in our situations, you know, you and I, we handle the finances. We we have a budget. You know, and, and Sarah has a part in that too. She, you know, we go over everything together. Uh, usually I pay the bills before she even wakes up because I, as soon as I get paid, 
I like paying the bills first thing, get them done with and taken care of. And so usually I get paid really early in the morning on a Thursday morning. And so by the time I get up and hit my computer, you know, she'll wake up because the, the her phone will start ping, ping, ping. And, that, and she's getting a text message that so much has been deducted out of our account because I'm in there paying bills. So that works. But you're right. Bills, bills freak me out. Um, <laughs> the ones that get me are the medical bills. And, and I'll tell you why. It's because our medical system in America is beyond screwed up. It, it really is. There's no, when, when you walk in and say, how much is this going to cost me? If they give you a figure, it's an estimate. You're not going to pay. There's a good chance you're not going to pay what they tell you this is going to cost. And I'll give you a prime example of this. And I fought this and I won. I could not believe I won. The doctor, I had a little problem with my foot, not too, oh, about last year, last November. It's been almost a year. Sent me to get some x-rays. It wasn't a major problem. I thought, well, I could get the x-rays. I don't think I really need them, but I might just to be on the safe side because it was my bad foot, the foot that I've had the partial amputation on. So I go up to the hospital and I say, look, I'm here. I've got a doctor's order for an x-ray because we had to go to the hospital to get the x-ray. I said, but before I commit to this x-ray, I want to know how much it's going to cost me right now because in my mind, if, if this is going to be over $200, I'll wait a couple of weeks and see if I really need it. Because I didn't think I did all that much. And I said, but if it's going to be more than that, I'll wait. If it, $200, I'll pay it all today. I'll be paid off and be done with it. She looks at it and says, okay, um, rent the figures with your insurance and everything. Your out-of-pocket expense is $180. Great. Fantastic. I paid it. About a month later... I get a call from the hospital telling me I owe them over $800 for that x-ray. Has this ever happened to you, Jim? I've had stuff like this happen, yeah. So I, call, I, I said, what, well, what's the deal? Because that's not what you told me when I was there. You told me that after the insurance covered everything, and, you know, my, and it would be 180 and I paid it right then and there. She said, yeah, well, we got a letter from the insurance, and they're not going to cover their part of it. So I called the insurance company up, and they said, yeah, your deductible hasn't been met yet. This is being applied to the deductible. So, yeah, you still owe this. And I said, well, at the hospital, don't they have a way to tell that? That way they can give you the accurate amount? She said, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's in our computer system. They should have charged you the right amount that, that day because they can pull it up. We're, our computer six systems are networked together. They can get an accurate quote right there. So I called the hospital up and said, hey, what's going on? Uh, they said, well, you do owe us, uh, but it, the reason that you were given the wrong amount was because our computers hadn't been updated. I said, oh, so who's in charge of your computer to be updated? Well, we have an IT department. I said, and they work for the hospital, right? They're employees of the hospital? Right. And so this was their mistake that they didn't update the computers. Yes. So you're telling me this is the hospital's mistake and I have to pay for it? Let me get right back with you. <laughs> okay. Um, so it was a long time. I, I kept getting bills, emails, calls from uh, a collection agency even. The the last time they sent it to a collection agency, they, they called me and I got a letter in the email. That's what it was. And they said, uh, you have 30 days or 60 or 90, I don't remember, to dispute this. Otherwise, it'll be turned over to the credit report. So I called them right up. 
I said, I am disputing this because there'd been three different occasions when I talked to somebody directly at the hospital and each three time, three times, somebody at the hospital admitted to me that I, it was their mistake that I was charged wrong the first time. They, they admitted it, flat out admitted it. So when the collection agency got it and, uh, they admitted it, uh, I, I got no more phone calls. It's not on my credit report. Nothing. It's done with. So, you know what? If you fight things and you get things recorded, I got documentation of every letter I sent, uh, I, the name and the time of every call I either made or received, uh, then you, you can fight these things. There are ways. Uh, if you're being overcharged or, or billed incorrectly, um, you, you can let it go if you want to. Um, I, I preferred not to because that's, <laughs> That was about a 600 and some odd dollar difference that could be used for other things and other emergencies. And not my choice. Plus, to, it looks looks a lot better in your pocket than it does theirs. Exactly. Particularly when it's their fault. And you know what? That money, they still got that money, but for other things. You know, right. I've, you know, when I go down and, and have a deductible for a doctor's visit, because it's all in the same network here, doctor's visits, everything, it's all in the same here. Uh, the Bone and Joint Institute, they're all part of the same Gerald Champion Regional Medical Center Network. So they still got that money, but for services that I had later, you know, um, I've had other x-rays through them and um, other doctor's visits and stuff. So they, they still got it, just not for what they wanted it for. And you're right, it does look better in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Years ago when I was in high school, we had a preacher that said there was four elements of success. God in your heart, money in your pocket, sense in your head, and a girl in your arms. And uh, for me, three out of four ain't bad. <laughs> so, and, and, and I'm talking everything to, but the money. Everything but the money. And you know, there's a little jingling uh, change there every now and then, and that's okay. Uh, Sarah and I, we just we we budget rather well. We we were we always seem to be just a hair's behind or a hair ahead. And I think that's the way most Americans are right now. You know, I read something interesting the other day. And that during this pandemic, more people have paid off their credit cards than ever before in history. And I, th I find that fascinating because more people have been out of work, too. So I don't know why, why that correlates that way. Any, any opinions on that? Why people might be paying off their credit cards during this time? I don't know if you got the money and you're thinking that <laughs> it maybe trying to set up for um the next emergency that could be it could be also part different things playing in part of it could be hey we're not going out to eat because the places are closed down or we can't do in indoor dining so let's take that money we were going to spend you know on the steak at olive garden and put that toward our credit card that could be too this pandemic man i i was tired of it six months ago has it? Oh, good grief! It's it seems like it's been five years. Wasn't that in um, February? February, or? March, something like that. Yeah, somebody said on on the biscuits and gravy bunch page the other day that we're celebrating the fifth anniversary of twenty twenty. Um, <laughs> it seems like that. It seems like it's been five years. It's crazy. I mean, you get used to. Do you get stir crazy at all over the restrictions? There, you got one of the strangest, weirdest meanest, I'll just put it that way, meanest governors in the country. 
Do you, do you, do you yeah. still get frustrated? And I, I call it frugravated. That's a combination of the word frustrated and aggravated. I have, I don't know. I mean, I am I'm aggravated. Um, given the opportunity, I will vote her out. Go oh, yeah. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. See ya. Um, but uh, I, I find a way to... I find a way to cope internally. Kind of that whole zombie apocalypse thing. I'm. <laughs> it's it's the bills. It's the bills and unexpected things that drive me crazy. Um, zombie apocalypse. Um, global pandemic. Um, <laughs> you know, right now I'd kind of like to see a, a big zombie. Red, <laughs> Red Dawn, Russian paratrooping in. Yep. You know, I'm like, no, I'm okay. So that. You know, for a lot of other people, that's the end of the world. For me, that's like Tuesday. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Just another day. But but don't but don't give me any unexpected bills. <laughs> right, I can handle that. I can handle the zombies and the pandemics and the face mask and the liberals. Just don't give me another bill. And I'm not and I'm not bragging because I don't really understand it myself. Yeah. No. I have no explanation for why that's true. I, a, it just so, is. There's so much going on that we don't even know about uh, with this pandemic. Because you know they can't be telling us everything. But I'll tell you one thing I've learned. There's more and more people being tested. and, and, and Well, there's two things. Number one, and more people are getting tested, which is fine. That's great. More people are testing positive, which goes to figure. If you're going to test more people, you're going to get more positives. Right. And what I'm finding out is more people I know, I personally know, are testing positive. Hmm. And uh, I, I, even some of my own family members, uh, which kind of hits close to home. Now, when I say family members, I, I'm just going to make a disclaimer here. Some family members I haven't seen in several years. Um, so yeah, nobody in my immediate family, nobody on, on my in-laws side either. Um, so I'll just clarify that. But people are getting sick. Um, I, I don't know. I, I was pretty amazed that Trump's recovery seemed to lasted, seemed to last like, uh, what, seven days? Um, yeah, it, it seemed like it was, it was like he's back to golfing in like two weeks. I, not well, literally. Don't, don't yeah, yeah, don't I know take what you mean. Literally. But you know, if anybody's going to have the best health care in the country, it's going to be our president. And, oh, it, okay. and, and it should be, my opinion. It should be. You get, you know, I mean, hey, he works for the government, right? So, uh. Well, unless and, and anybody say, oh, no, it should be absolutely equal. Okay. Yeah. Then, that, if it's absolutely equal, then, then let the Democrats have it be absolutely equal. But the minute that uh, it's them, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, they, they get, they get special stuff. And, and it's, and it goes right up there with that quote by Obama. You know the one I'm talking about? There are so many. Which one? Oh. Uh, well, th- that one that demonstrates his elitist attitude so well, where he said that the average man is too small-minded to conduct oh, yeah. his own affairs, and so uh, he needs to he needs to give up certain freedoms so that those who know better. That's right. I had forgotten all about that. But see that oh, Obama said that, and and it, folks, if you're out there listening, you hear this, you go, "Oh, he would never." You look it up. He said it. I'll look it up. Look it up. There, it's and, it's a matter of fact. And let's not forget when Biden was in that uh, early oh, in the yeah. race when he was in that factory, and that and he's telling that 
guy, you're coming after my my guns? And he's like, yeah, we're coming after my guns. And the and the factory worker says, you work for me. Biden got up in his uh, up in his grill and says, I don't work for you. Yep. Well, you know what? When you get in the White House, who are you going to work for then, son? Yep. It better be the American people. Yep. Or well, also here because the thing is, is that Trump actually understands. Oh who yeah. he works for. Abs. He absolutely does. He doesn't hold anything. You know this thing about him. Uh, first of all, let me say this about Biden. Something else Biden recently pulled to, and I didn't believe it. I thought it was a satire website, a satire report, till I saw the entire video. And I could not believe an American politician who's running for office would say something so asinine as what he said. I'm scared. The, the reporter asked him, do you, the, you know, I, everybody's asking me, is Biden going to pack the Supreme Court? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we have a right to know that. We, we absolutely have every right. Rem- I know the clip you're talking about. And Biden just kept coming back arguing and arguing with it. And, and finally, the reporter said, don't don't the American voters have a right to know what you're intending? Don't they deserve don't, to know? Yeah, and he said, no, they don't deserve to know. And and then he just cut himself off and, and started just doing what I call andersizing. Um, the, the, the andersizing is a term that was created in Detroit decades ago um, by the uh, the Detroit Lion, uh, Tigers coach, Anderson. What was his name? The last name was Anderson. You remember who I'm talking oh. about? Yeah, it'll, I can't think it'll of come to me later. But the reporters used to ask him about his his strategic gameplay and what he was going to do. And Anderson was just like a politician. He would give them an answer that made them think he he answered, but he didn't. He just circled around the oh, whole issue. What we're we gonna do? Is yeah, we're gonna, so that guy. Yeah, that the term came out. That he an- redeploy over here. To yeah. This. So the term came out. He was he andersized the reporter. You know that sort of thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, um, Biden's real good about that, too. Of course, Biden, I don't think he's necessarily andersizing the reporters and the people talking to him so much as he is himself because he can't even remember what the original question is sometimes. Yeah. Uh, he just goes, you know, look, come on, man. Th- this guy, this clown, th- you know, he goes into that negative rhetoric about Trump and 99, I, no, I'll say even, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say 100% of what he says, Trump says, is, is totally fake. It's something that somebody took and spun it the other way or cut it out of its entire context. That happened so many times during the debate. Uh, the, the, uh, Trump came out after that debate with a fact check website and came out with 33 different lies that Biden said during the debate. Uh, that were totally disproven, uh, with, with factual statements and factual evidence. This whole election scares me. And somebody said, you know, back when this whole process started, people campaigning, um, you've got two choices in the next election, Trump or socialism. Well, oh yeah. I don't, yes. I think it's going to be worse than socialism. Kamala Harris was just quoted as saying that if she becomes president, she would confiscate firearms and she would expect to confiscate a minimum of 20,000. That was the number she put out. Brother, that's, that's 20, that's not a drop in the bucket for that, America, but it's still, no, in the wrong it, direction. It, you're right. It's not a drop. It's still exactly. 
<laughs> Thanks. But 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 if you'll remember, Biden. Um, th- I remember earlier in the election, Biden was hugging up on uh, O'Rourke, mm-hmm. saying that when I go after the guns, you're going to be my guy that's going to solve this gun problem for me. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. This it's not a drop in the bucket, but it is. It shows you the mindset of the people. Well, I mean, look, you, come on, man. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, in a 9-11, the people that committed those atrocities against our people, our American citizens, uh, our people, our land, our country, the people that did that have the same ideologies and religious beliefs that some of the people we have in Congress now have. We've got a problem before we've got a problem. Well, right now. if you'll remember, um, Obama, Barack Hussein mm-hmm. Obama, people were talking about, well, wait a second, what, what, what faith is he? This, it might be a little bit too, uh, early since 9-11 to think about having a Muslim in office. Um, because, well, 9-11. So as soon as people started to get that sensibility, all of a sudden he shows up and he's a Christian. Yeah. But Going even- to that Reverend White's church. But then but then later, he these little Freudian slips start coming out and he starts talking about his Muslim faith. Right. Well, you know what? Listen, you can be whatever you want to be. It's America. Right. Knock yourself out. But be honest, and 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 if after nine eleven, the people think it's a little too early to be considering a president that might share some of the same sensibilities, right? Then be honest and let the American people make the decision. It's their country. It's their choice. It's their election. Yep. But um, you know that that that's me. As one friend of mine likes to put it. Yes, Jim, but that's because you think you're dealing with intelligent, reasonable people, and you're not. You know, there's something to be said for that. And then on the other hand, maybe we are dealing with intelligent people. As far as politicians go, maybe they're playing dumb. Oh, you know, but I, I, one I thing's for sure, common, they're playing to the dumb. I, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's, I think there's a combination here. I think there's some of them are Biden. Mm-hmm. Biden's a sock puppet. Oh, Camilla, K- Kamala Harris. I, this is what I think is going to happen if he wins. He's going to end up having a major health issue. Yep. Then, she, then her when I become president. Yeah. It's think- not going to be. It's not going to be a maybe. It's going to be a done. I have a friend on Facebook who is retired military, high-ranking military. And he has some con- connections uh, to some in the establishment. He posted, and I don't know how true it is, but hes I- I've never seen him post anything that would, uh, would seemed radical or anything like that before. But he made a post, and he made the comment that the deal has already been made in the Democratic National Party, uh, the Democratic Party, that Biden will remain in office for two years. And then, af- and then after that, he would step down and let Harris take over. The theory was, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, I would assume it is just based on his knowledge, 
uh, that she could still run for two more full terms after she right. finished out his, making her, if she won both terms, president for a total of tw- ten, uh, years. ten years. And uh, that's that's scary. I'm telling you that I did see some videos too of people being interviewed who were Democrats. Uh, so you're Democratic or Republican? Oh, we're diet in the wool Democrat. Always been, always will be. Who are you voting this year? Voting for Trump? How come? Are you kidding? Uh, we'd like to see Biden as president, but we don't want to see Kamala Harris as president. And we know that really, realistically, those are the two choices. So there's a lot of people in this walkaway movement that are stepping forward and say, look, we're done with you, Democratic Party. You've gone off the deep end. And, I uh, yeah, pray to God. You know, there was I, I like to hear stuff like that because I really want to see us at a back to a point where we can simply disagree about what's the best way to make America a better place. But let's have some loyalty to America. We can disagree about how we're going to go about it. But I want to get back to that point. And when I hear you talk about there are Democrats out there that think that way, I feel like I I feel that much reassurance that they haven't all drank the Kool-Aid. Well, I think there's a lot of truth to it. Um, I really, really do. You watch the pictures and the videos of the Trump, the people that show up at the Trump rallies and the Trump events versus the people that the handful of people that are showing up at the Biden rallies and events. And in some cases, you can count them on one hand. Uh, I believe there was an event that, that Biden had in Phoenix. Uh, less than four weeks ago, and literally nobody showed up. Nobody, not one person. That's what I heard. I don't know if that's true or not, but you're, huh. you're hearing more and more stuff like that. And then the, <laughs> then the media comes out and tells us that Biden is, you know, 30% ahead or whatever in the polls. Well, let me ask you a question. Come put you on the spot. Maybe you Go don't right know. Right ahead. So you, you may not know, and that's, that's okay. I don't want to obligate you, but have you listened at all to, um, Oh, come on. One of our favorite people. Rush Limbaugh? Touch. No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> Zig Ziglar? He's dead now. Um, I no. Think, oh, uh, The Daily Wire. Ben oh, yeah, Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Oh, I love Have Ben Shapiro. Have you listened Shapiro. to Ben Shapiro here lately? Uh, it's been about two weeks since I've seen him. Okay. Every time I, every time I turn him on here lately, he's talking about how far behind Trump is. Yeah, I think... And Trump's in trouble here, and Trump's in trouble there, and and he's got to do this, and he's got to do that. And I'm wondering, does he really believe the polls, or is he, or does he want good, well-meaning people to be scared and come out in force? And so he's doing the reverse. Like, what, what do you, what do you make out of that? Well, here's the thing. I, I love Ben Shapiro. He comes out with facts and figures. Um, but when you got to remember when when people report on what the polls say, those are not facts. That that's not something. Thirty percent people are going to vote for Biden. Seventy percent are going to vote. Whatever. That's not a fact. That's an estimated guess. And in some cases, it's not even an estimated guess. It's propaganda. And and I'll that's, I'll tell you why. That, I worked for right. a company that did polls, not political polls, but just you know like consumer polls about products and different things. And so they would have a company 
I won't name a company, but let's say a major company would come to us and says, listen, we've got this product. We want to, uh, it's a product that's used every day by Americans all over the country. We want you to poll them and get a percentage of the people that feel this way about it or this way about it. And we say, okay, what kind of results are you looking to get? Well, we'd like to see about 85% of people in favor of our product who would recommend it again. Okay, great. We start the polls, and after about four or five days, if it looked like we weren't getting the results for our client that they wanted, we would scrap the whole project and start all over with different demographics. That is a fact. So here's another thing, too. This was on the Rush Limbaugh show just a couple of, about a week ago, I think, that a lot of these polls, they will intentionally poll more Democrats than, than Republicans. And I'm, I'm um, not sure about the mechanics be, of that, how that works, but you could probably you could probably pick some. Oh yeah, first first some question. Locations. Want to ask you a question? First of all, are you Republican or Democrat? I'm a Republican. Okay, thanks for taking our survey. Next. Oh, you know what? I think I've I think I've seen that happen. Yeah, and they don't even count that because they want to get answers from people who are. I, I'm taking a wild guess here. I don't know this for a fact. But it, you know, you look at the last election, how many polls came out and said Trump was actually ahead? And this is why you had all those little snowflakes crying on TV with their mouths hanging open that night, uh, when, when it was obvious that Trump was going to win is because they all believed the polls. All of them no! did. Yeah. No! Polls to me are a joke. I honestly, this election, I, I've heard them come out and say, well, Biden's, you know, because I hear it on the radio. I hear it. I don't go looking for them, you know, for the same reason. I don't I don't go looking for a good, healthy biscuit, a trash can. It doesn't appeal to me, you know, so I just just don't do it. Um, But, yeah, I don't I don't trust the polls. I think it's I think nowadays it's more propaganda than it's ever been before. I mean, good grief. You look at our mainstream media, all these networks and the garbage they're putting out on a conveyor belt right into the minds of people unfortunately who have their lid wide open to suck it all in and i mean you all you got to do somebody i know and i love posted today if trump doesn't come out and avow disavow racism and racist and these white i don't know if we should vote for him i got news for you folks he has look it up over and over, there's a video on YouTube well, of him at different meetings saying, yes, I disavow of David Duke, I disavow of the KKK, I disavow of hate groups and whites. He's, he's said it. He has said it, but you won't find it unless you get a clip from it that, that somebody who actually wants to post it, a conservative, to get that truth out. Because the Democratic media, let's just call them what they are, Democratic media, they're, they're not fair and unbalanced, they're not unbiased. They put that garbage out because they want you to believe it so it'll sway your vote. Right. So he has, he has disavowed it. But the American people have got their, their lids wide open and they've got their vacuum switch turned on and they're sucking in all of that garbage. And not, not all of the American people. I'm going to say most of us. I, I do like to think we're in the majority. Most of us know what's really going on. And that's why Trump's going to win again. That's why I really believe that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I no, get- you're fine. I 
I hope I hope you're right. Now let me tell you how I really feel. Yeah, why don't you tell me how you really feel? <laughs> I, I genuinely hope you, that you're right, and I I don't know what to believe as far as what's going to happen. Oh, I get um, that, but you know what? I don't honestly. But, but I don't. But I don't. But but you're right. I don't trust. I don't trust him. After after the election, number one, of course, I, I'm I'm hoping, praying, and voting for a Trump victory. Yeah. Um, number two, uh, in fact, I want a Trump victory. This is going to sound really bad, but hear me out. I want a Trump victory so badly that I'm going to be standing in line twice, <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> yeah, but it's not for one is for me. Uh huh. The other's for somebody else. Oh, okay. Um, that wants me to go with them to ensure their no. safety yeah. and, and see them through their first voting um, experience. I, I read about a guy on Facebook this week that went to vote, and he was wearing a Triumph motorcycle t-shirt when he went to vote. Oh, no. Here we go. Yeah. And they got mad at him. Two different people told him he had to take his shirt off before he could come into the polls because they thought that was a Trump t-shirt. Read what you're reading there, sunshine. Yeah, yeah. I can tell you're a Democrat that was educated in the public school system. Exactly. Triumph, it's a motorcycle. Let let me say this. You said you hope for a Trump victory. I will, too, but I'm going to take it a step further. I'm not, I I don't want a Trump victory, but I do want an American victory. And that just happens, that happens to encompass a Trump victory. Right. I'll tell you what, after, after a Trump victory... I want to see the American people like properly wake up. Oh yeah. I want to see such a catastrophic referendum on the media. This 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 um that this conditioning arm of the Democratic Party that is the media. Um I want to see such a complete referendum that they that that CNN just ends up going out of business. Let's hashtag that revelation of intelligence. I like that. What's that? Hashtag revelation, uh, uh, a revival of intelligence. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, people, you know, get... You know what, Jim? This was not my intention at all to go off on this <laughs> the whole show. You, I, I gotta ask. You got any jokes or quotes you want to share real quick? I am... I come. I came sliding into home base, so That's no, okay. I don't. I got you one here. God helps those who helps themselves, but he helps most those who help others. I might have said that on the show last week. I don't know. Yep. Uh, here's another one I like. Eat everything on your plate for 85 straight years, and I guarantee you, you'll not die young. Think about that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Orson Welles once said, I hate television. I hate it as much as peanuts, but I can't stop eating peanuts. That's no, good no. stuff right there. Well, let's see, Jim. I've got a few things here in the tracker. Let's see. Did you, did you th- Of the days of the week, Monday through Friday... Everybody says they hate Mondays. Did you know this? Everybody talks yeah. about how bad Mondays is. Really, statistically speaking, according to some scientific research and a, a survey here done recently, most people actually believe Tuesday's the worst day. Why do you suppose that would be? Because they didn't really say here. <laughs> Tuesdays. Well, I'm, I don't know. I would guess because you're already tired from, you didn't like Monday. Monday didn't go well. You're a little bit further into the week. So Monday's taking, taking its shot at you and you still got <laughs> at least three more days to go. Yeah. Maybe Tuesday is the day that the internet is the slowest and that gets people aggravated. I don't know. 
I actually, in my experience, Friday and Saturday nights are the worst night for slow internet because that's when everybody's doing everything on the internet and it eats up the bandwidth in your community. I don't know if that's it. But here's another story for you, Jim. The year people turn grumpy. Being older than 52 is nothing to laugh about because that's the age when we start becoming grumpy. I hope not. According to a, this is all according to a survey, the poll found that those over 50 laughed far less than their younger counterparts and complained far more. While infants laughed up to 300 times a day, that figure had fallen to an average of six laughs by teenage years and only two and a half daily chuckles for those over 60. Men were found to be grumpier than women. What do you think about that? Do you think, in general, men are grumpier than women? I, I just I, I just I listened to a comedian talk about this. Probably Jeff was, Allen, I'm guessing. N- uh, I don't know who the guy's name was, but he was talking about. Um, he says, "You know, you want to see something really scary. You want to see." Um, well, he was talking about my dad gave me two two pieces or, or or one piece one piece of advice right before I got married. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And then, and then he broke down and started sobbing right in front of me. <laughs> yeah, I think that was Jeff Allen. <laughs> Jeff Allen is a Christian comedian, and he's really, really good. I, I love the story about him carving the turkey, uh, which maybe we'll put a link to that on the blog or in the Facebook page later. It's, it's absolutely hilarious. There, there's a lot of truth to that, depending on the marriage. Um, I gotta say, that's, I haven't found that to be the case with my sweet Sarah. Um, she's awesome. Uh, tonight, she's like, can I take you out to dinner? I was like, yes, please. Um, cause it's been a long day. We could cook at home, but, uh, you know, just didn't want to. Um, I, like we talked about earlier, I, I miss going to the restaurants and I miss sitting down in a booth. Um, granted, I get to do it a little more frequently than I used to five, six months ago, but, but I miss that. I really do. And so we went out and had Mexican food and I really enjoyed it. Uh, but it was her idea, her inspiration. Um, she's such, oh, Jim, she knows how to buy a gift. Let me tell you that. I struggle with getting her gifts. Women are particular about their jewelry. Women are particular about their clothing. Uh, so it's, it's, it can be generally harder for a woman, for, for a man to buy a gift for his woman. For a man, it's easy. Anything that takes oil or gas, hey, we're good for it. Anything that has a sharp blade or an edge, we're good for that. Uh, anything related to anything that has wheels on it, we're good for that. Some of us like things with key keyboards or strings on it. That's cool. Um, hats are cool, if, especially if you're like me and Jim, who have probably combined our one of the world's largest hat collections. I don't, <laughs> probably. So I think in general, men are easier to shop for than women are. Would you, would you say that's accurate? I, I think so. You know, um, well, you know, there's a thing, you know, we give them, give them cash or a gift card to their favorite restaurant. Yeah, that's nice. But, you know, I, I like getting those things too, but I really like, Hey, got you this brand new motorcycle jacket. Or, hey, you know, here's a, you know, thought you might like this, this new camera or something like that. That, to me, that's cool. Something I, I would never get for myself just because I wouldn't spend the money on it, even though I liked it. And if I had the money, I would, but I just wouldn't because other things, right? Because of those bills that we get, that sort of thing. 
But uh, I like getting those kind of gifts. I, I And you know this, Jim. On occasion, I like to surprise a friend with a gift in the mail. Uh, well, yeah, I've done that for you. Yep. Uh, several, a couple of times. Uh, but that's that's just kind of things that uh, we we do. Um, I don't do that with everybody, only my closest friends. And that's fun. I get a lot of joy out of that. I think... Um, I think I've learned that from a few other people in my life. Jim, New Year's uh, is coming up in about two and a half months. Have you thought about any New Year's resolutions you'll be making? Um, I gave up resolutions for last year's. <laughs> I have year's a resolution, resolution not to make any more resolutions. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, well, here's a novel idea. Some people are making resolutions to complete before the end of the year. Something small and you know, not so hard to do. Not like lose 50 pounds in a year or, you know, 100, you know, whatever. But something like, hey, uh, I've been wanting to clean that shit out. I'm going to get that done before before the new end of the year. Uh, now's a good time to make those kind of reservations. That's my opinion. Hey, did you know if you make $93,000 a year, you're richer than 90% of the world? By the way, that's not me. But that's a statistic that came out. Thought that was pretty interesting. I'm in the wrong percent. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Got to get some more irons in the fire till I find that right one. I guess. Yeah. Do you ever make a mistake in the kitchen? I'm, I'm um, just shotgunning these out right now. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what's a mistake? <laughs> well, cooking something wrong or making, you know, here's the top kitchen mishaps. You ready? 67% of the mishaps are, are of people that inter were interviewed. Now, this doesn't make right. I don't know what they're saying. Let me read this again. A survey of people who cook found that 64% have made a major mishap in the kitchen. The top kitchen mistakes are burned food, burned a pot or pan. I've done that. Have you ever done that? Burned a pot or a pan? Yeah, I think once. Yeah, I, I um, sometimes I'll wash dishes and I, I haven't done this in a long time, but I, hey, okay, how am I going to clean this dish? It goes... Into the trash can. That's what Dollar General or Dollar Tree's for. Get a new one. Um, overboiled a pot. Fifty-two percent of people do that. Well, that—that's what I thought you meant by burning a pan. That the, no. the water's gone and no, I mean scorch the bottom of the pan black to where you couldn't scrub it off with wood with steel wool. Oh, then no, I don't think I've done okay, that. Okay, well, I I have done that. Boiling a pot dry though. Yeah, that's happened. Okay, once. Have you ever set off the smoke detector in the kitchen? Oh, who hasn't, right? I was cooking a steak once for me and Seth several years back when it was just us, and the smoke detector went off. And Seth is in the other room. He comes running, and he's got his arms waving in the air, and Dad, he goes, Yay, Dad, it's cheering you on. (laughs) (laughs) That kid is great. Uh, Here's something I think almost everybody's done at one time or another. Used too much salt. Yeah, I've done that. Of course, there's a solution to that. You just add more food to the salt. Um, it's kind of what you talk. You talk about funny things your kids have said. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I forget what it was, but I I rolled. I the kids asked me some question, and I rolled off with some with with some words they didn't quite catch what I was saying. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and 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 I forget which one of them said it, but the but. The one looked at the other and says, it's like he's trying to talk to us. I think he's trying to. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like he's trying to talk to us. <laughs> yeah. I can and I imagine. I fell on the floor laughing. Kids kids can be absolutely hilarious sometimes. <laughs> one of these days, we should take a survey 
and then report on things that people have reported to us. Maybe that maybe that's something we'll do on the biscuits and gravy page. That would be fun. Uh, matter of fact, if you're listening, you'd like to send us an email about something funny you've your kids have said to you. Uh, again, that is uh, our fantastic website at gmail.com. Uh, here's another topic. One more for the road. Why not? Jim, how do you like your candy corn? Um, I don't know. In the I trash? Where there's more than one way to do it. Uh, there's actually, they, they've got it. There's a website where you get different flavors. One of them's blueberry flavored candy corn. But, uh, yeah, th- this is in addition to topping numerous lists of the worst Halloween candy overall. Dennis say candy corn is the worst Halloween candy for your teeth. There's 28 grams of sugar in just 19 little pieces of it. And the bits of it get lodged easily between the teeth. Uh, around 25 million pounds of candy corn are sold in the United States every year. I would venture to say that only 20 million pounds are consumed. There always seems to be leftover candy corn. So the best way to eat candy corn, mix it up, probably about 60% candy corn with about 40% salted peanuts. Have you done mm. this before? This is awesome. No. Uh, cor- sounds great. I can't do it because, well, and maybe you can't either because of, well, because of Wilford Brimley. Thank you very much. Uh, but you'll think about that later and laugh probably. No, no, no. I get it. It's, oh, okay. The- just not that funny. Okay. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> uh, but it tastes just like a payday candy bar and it's fantastic stuff. <sighs> that being said, San Antonio George is looking at me ugly, uh, giving me a mean look and I can't. He's not squeaking, so that's okay. He's trying to tell me it's time to, time for us to shut down. And, and there, oh, thank you. That wasn't San Antonio George. That was uh, um, Kung Pao Charlie. Kung Pao Charlie. So anyway, don't don't. Okay, <laughs> don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Definitely tip your server, your DoorDash driver, whoever's bringing you food. Let them know you're happy about it. Definitely spend some time with your kids, Jim. Please. Turn on your Amber Alerts, the life you save may be someone that you know and care for. See y'all later, folks, right here on the Biscuits and Gravy Show. Good night, everybody.